one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. I am here today with Amber Lowe. Amber is another physical therapist and running coach who works with runners throughout the world, but also in the Houston area, specifically in person. She is the owner of Performative PT. She has a cash-based practice treating runners from physical therapy standpoint, but also wellness standpoint. Amber, I'm super excited for you to be here today. Oh, I should, or she's also currently, I'm working with her coaching her right now. So that's fun. Yeah. But we've been working together for a while. So I'm excited to chat with you about two things. We're going to chat some information for runners and what to be looking for when you're looking for a physical therapist that works with runners. And then also chatting about how she got started with her business. You know, she started working full time and started her cash base and online at the same time and has grown it that she has gone down from full time now. So Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to catch up with you. Yes. Yes. All right. So if you could share with our listeners, first off, can you share a little bit about your running journey and how you got started into running? Kind of a funny story how I got into running because (laughs) I pretty much didn't really know much about it at all in college. And uh, we were doing an Indian run for basketball practice of all things. And the cross country coach sees how I'm just like taking off and everybody's trying (laughs) to keep up. And so he asked me to try out for the cross country team. I'm like, I know nothing, but sure, why not? And so I try out, make the team, and then I quit basketball. This is in college too, right? This This is is in high school. You went a little more serious, yeah. Yeah, D3. I mean, small school, but still, um, you know, we did cross country and then I did track and did the 800 and just continued running from there. So I kept up my passion after that. And in PT school, did my first marathon. And, you know, I did multiple halves before that. And goodness, I don't even know how many five, 10 Ks, but yeah, kept running. Thanks to my random coach seeing me run. That's awesome. And in college, like kind of like, you know, did you run in, did you run in high school? No, I'd only ever done basketball. Okay. Okay. I can't remember that part. So yeah. So you could argue running, but only like. Yeah. Running, but you know, a lot, not distance running at all. Exactly. Exactly. Oh man. No, that's awesome. And then you ran ever since. Um, And then when did you decide you wanted to help runners, you know, from a physical therapy standpoint? Yes. So uh, I think that was a couple years ago. I've, I've worked in a typical outpatient setting that doesn't have a ton of athletes. And so whenever I would get one, it would just make me so happy, especially because my fellowship is in sports and manual therapy. So when I had someone that I could apply that to, it just, it made me realize how much I loved that population. And when I was talking to a friend of mine who started his cash pay practice, and then I realized I could really market it just towards athletes and, and even it became even more niche down to runners. 
it just fueled a passion and a, and a desire to work with them. And, and it was possible. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. Did you, was this, uh, was this, this was a clinician. Did he have his own practice then working with athletes? Mm-hmm. He cool. was a fellow. He was a fellow in the same cohort I did. And awesome. he started a cash pay practice ooh, probably three or four years before um, I talked to him. So mm-hmm. he's had one for about five years now. Okay. And he's growing a lot. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Did you say, did I miss it? Where, where was that at? Where's he at? Where was he's in Houston and he um, now is actually opening a physical, he started mobile like me now I'm I'm mobile as well, but he is now opening a clinic itself in the woodlands. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. Very cool. Cool. So, I mean, I guess that says a number of things like, you know, like can inspire other people to do the same thing. You can be in the same area and that's no problem, right? <laughs> like, yes, I've uh, mentored a few people starting theirs as well. And it's just helping people be able to implement better care and also enjoy what they're doing. more. Yeah. So no, I love that. Sometimes. Yeah. When, so that was, wait, did you say when that was that you kind of decided you're like, Hey, I might want to do like my own thing someday. That was in December of 2019. Okay. Okay. Yes. So that was kind of when the speed was planted. <laughs> yeah. Right when did you plant your, I mean, I know the answers to some of these, but when, when did you start your clinic officially? March, 2020. <laughs> Great time to start a practice, right? <laughs> um, yes, it was an awesome time. And then it went boom. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Literally the Tuesday before Houston shut down that week and <laughs> um, my website went live and then Houston shut down. So everything I had planned for marketing and getting my name out there and events, of course, you know, that didn't happen. So I had yes. to tra- transition everything. Above. Of course that changed. But that led me to you and it's been great. Hey, yes, yes, yes. Me and Amber also worked together on the clinician side of things mm-hmm. um, last year, until this year a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe it was January, right? My time yeah. is like all... I think since the pandemic went, it's just all, who knows what COVID time, who knows exactly. No kidding. But awesome. I love that. I mean, I feel like I learned a little bit more about you though. I feel like we probably covered it on this all, but encouraging and hopefully, you know, if anyone else out there can find, you know, a little bit similarity in your story and getting started. So like Amber's done a ton of education, you could say in manual therapy, especially uh, from a physical therapy standpoint. So, you know, she's done a lot on that side, but just now she's gotten going on like the business side as, as well. So she has a lot of a background um, and knowledge with working with runners. Um, so I wanted to ask her a little bit about, so for any runners listening, I feel like this can be a helpful topic just to understand and know what to look for. But do you have any advice on a runner who is injured or they've struggled with injuries um, and they're thinking about seeking out a physical therapist or even they're like, maybe I need a strength coach or a personal trainer or something like yeah. that. Anything that they should look for when trying to find a physical therapist to work with? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm going to throw a story in from a client that yeah, found yeah. this week. He, he told me, he said, I called a lot of places and was looking for a clinician that worked with runners. And I, he said, I asked them, I said, Hey, do you have a clinician? Do they work with runners? And they said, sure. Yeah, of course. Of course. He's like, so how many runners do they work with? He really dived into, do these people actually work with runners on a regular basis? And they said, yeah, you know, they do. They're good. They know some. And he's like, okay, that doesn't sound so convincing. (laughs) But then when he came across my website and he said, Hey, this person is dedicated to working with runners. Now, are you going to always find a clinician that they're 
program is focused specifically towards mostly runners? No, but make right. sure you reach out and find someone that that's a lot of their population that they treat. You want to make sure they're aware of how many miles are you running a week? Mm-hmm. What, what is your pace? Have you had any injuries? Where are you in your training blocks? Yeah. You want to make sure they can respect that instead of just look at you from your, your knee hurts. Um, yeah. Because all of that's going to play a role and that leads them to be able to tell you specifically, Hey, you should, you're fine to go run this week or, Hey, I need you to back off because this is going to become something worse if you don't. Right. And if you just go see a regular PT, a lot of times they don't appreciate that. Right. And they're not going to, they're going to say, Hey, stop running. And we know how much we hate when we hear that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it makes it, it makes an impact to make sure that the therapist you're seeing knows that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 Would you say it's important that they also run themselves? Yeah. Cause then they can respect the aches and pains that we always have sometimes, you know, we, we tend to have an ache and pain there. And then they also understand just what you're going through mentally because running is a mental challenge and mental therapy too. So that mindset you both can have and share makes a difference. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Understand the importance of it and everything. I love that. So, you know, would you say recommend like calling then for sure? Yes. If you have a smaller clinic and they have a website and you can read bios on them, I think that's beneficial because Mm -hmm. you can see what they've done before and if that's something they do, you know, right. are they a runner? Are they doing triathlons? Are they doing ultras? What, what are they doing? Because then that shows you what they have experience with. Right. Right. And I also you can credentials sometimes are good. Like I've got a lot of letters after my name. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. But that doesn't always mean they're great. So just right. make sure you, you read reviews, you check on things. Um, yeah. Ideally it would be nice if every time you saw more letters, they were a better clinician, but it's not always the case. Yeah. 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 And like in Amber's case, yes, it does mean a lot, but also like, and it's like not to discredit anything, but it really doesn't like, it's really, can they get you the result that you need? You know, not, Hey, I took this course, but I don't really work with runners or, you know, haven't seen a ton. I think that's a lot different. So it's different and runners. We know where we've got a different mindset. We want to push through a lot of things. So you've got to find someone that knows when it's okay to push and not okay to push. Right. I love that. I love that. Anything else you can think of for the runners out there listening on, you know, what's helpful to be asking before with finding a PT to work with? One more random thought was they don't always have to have fancy equipment too. There's places here in Houston that have really fancy equipment. They've got your alter G's, they've got all the fancy stuff, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be the best therapy. Now there's great clinicians there for sure, but I know a lot of places market things looking at this is, we've got this latest gadget or machine but it doesn't always mean that it's going to be the best place to, to get your treatment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Perfect. Well, thank you. I hope that is helpful for anyone out there listening. And as always, I feel like I do mention this on podcast, but I mean, feel free to reach out to me or any of the clinicians you hear on here for recommendations. Honestly, if you know me, <laughs> like, and you're an injured runner and you're not, you don't know how to get better. Like, maybe this is cruel but I don't even know like it's your like it's your own fault like I could connect with so many people like this you you know I mean like throughout this network of anyone you're you're listening to like I'm sure we could find you someone that could treat you you know what I mean like there's just we're very connected to you know community of PTs working with runners so the PT world is small we know each a lot yes yes Yes. it's kind of crazy (laughs) so awesome awesome I love that and let's see. So what else? What, let's just talk a little bit about, like, we talked about what to look for and then 
when you go to you know physical therapy for a running related injury a lot of times like two of the main things like obviously there's a lot i mean we'll just stick here is you might get some, you're not might you're probably going to get some like exercises right strengthening exercises likely actually one thing i wasn't gonna say is like have someone looking at your gait too um but then also not always it depends but you might get some manual therapy what we call in the pt world or hands-on care mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on you know and this is a really big question and PT world probably it depends. And I totally know I'm kind of leading it that way, but your, your opinion on, you know, and from your studies and stuff like, you know, doing solely exercise, strengthening exercises for an injury or combining some with, you know, manual therapy, some hands-on as well. Yes. And like you mentioned, it depends, right? Yeah. There's some people that they can be super mobile and they need to make sure that they do a lot of strengthening and stability. But I think most of my practice I see is there's a hybrid. I need to work on flexibility, mobility with my hands in yeah. some areas, whether that's massage, you know, working on the tissue, the, the muscles, yep. or it's in our joints, whether we have to mobilize them to help promote more movement. It depends on what each person needs. So a lot of times if yeah. they have like an Achilles injury, they usually need a little bit of both. They need some hands-on at the joint level and hands-on at the soft tissue level. Yep. We can either do that with our hands or even dry needling is a technique that's pretty spectacular in my opinion. I, I like to see the results I get with those clinically. Yeah. So it can, and then of course, once we've allowed the pain to calm down with the hands-on techniques, then implementing more specific strengthening, balance, um, endurance type exercises. But one thing that's interesting is lately we've seen when we were treating runners, we did a lot of endurance strength training. So we did, you know, the 20 reps, the 30 reps, low weight. Yep. And now we're seeing it transition to more of let's actually load that tissue. Let's get yeah. some weight on you. Right. Uh, and it really helps with those injuries and the recovery from them. Yep. 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 No, definitely. I think there's a lot more hopefully out there you're starting to see like that. And of course there's always going to be other ways of thinking and out yeah. there and whatnot, but or you know, always. someone hasn't changed since whenever they were doing something. Um, but <laughs> for the most part, you know, evidence shows it's, you know, all that is, I shouldn't even be nonchalant about this. I should be like, this is the way it is, is that you need to be loading. <laughs> I don't know why I'm yes. being nonchalant, but you need to be loading up the tissues that, yeah, you should not be doing like endurance, you know, training for resistance training. There's time and place for that. But for the most part, you're kind of more like to a degree, it's becomes like a cross training exercise <laughs> to a degree versus actually yeah, versus the muscles. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So no, I love that. Cool. So you might see how you said you really like dry needling with, with running athletes. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do like a lot of like manipulations, mobilizations or yeah. I mean, of course this is all, it depends, but just so they get some ideas of what they might see. Do you like doing other stuff like that as well? Yes, if necessary. Definitely. I love getting a good cavitation or, or AKA a pop with certain manips. Um, yeah. Most runners are going to get either an ankle manip if their ankles are stiff, sometimes a hip or knee, but most yeah. of the time lower extremity injuries are the most common. So yeah. the ankle is the one that I'm going to do the most from a manipulation perspective. But yeah. if they're struggling with back pain or neck pain from, you know, running like this or being right. a triathlete on right. a bike, right. Right. Those can be other areas as well. That you're full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dry needling a lot seems to be the quad or, you know, that the thigh muscle and then the calf gastroc soleus yeah. on the back. It's a fun one. If you've had it. Post- you know. Yeah. The posterior tip when I was dealing with that one, yes. 
yes yes those are, yes yes definitely those areas are, are commonly needled for for runners and then the hip too the hip can you can get some really good results for hip pain with kneeling deep into the hip as well yeah i love that fun mm-hmm. fact i don't know why i'm talking about it. it just came to my mind but you know i've been kneeled before i've had my injuries before I have, so if you're fearful of getting needled, maybe I shouldn't actually share this because this might actually prevent someone, but I've had my sciatic nerve hit with needling, which is like, kind of can be a, a, a fear, thing, right? Like and <laughs> as a therapist, we're trying not to hit that, to be honest. Uh, it was not pleasant, but it was fine. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I don't know if that's great to like share, but like, I don't, I don't know if that's the great, greatest thing to share, but I'm just saying like, should be okay <laughs> like yeah it and happen, it, right? <laughs> it does happen some people yeah. get bruised I mean my when I was managing a clinic my my employee he was like I just bruised my boss with yeah, yeah. my bicep <laughs> it felt so bad yeah, um, yeah but it happens and and hitting a nerve isn't going to cause permanent damage it no just you're just going to feel a zinger um so, yeah. yeah it's it's just going to feel kind of ooh. Yeah. but yeah we're trained to avoid those for sure mm-hmm. Um, and then they're not sharp enough to puncture an artery or anything like that. So you're not going to bleed out from getting dry needles. So, yeah. And like, as a runner, what the things you're going to have needle, like for the most part, there's really, it's not a very high risk, um, area, the areas we're having needles, like some areas closer, say to the lungs or something might be, you know, something to be a little more concerned about, but uh, again, that doesn't happen hardly ever either. But just since we're talking about different manual therapy techniques that you can have as a runner, like just Mm -hmm. hopefully if that helps you out there, what to be looking for, um, things to keep in mind and to not be fearful of these things. So yes, no, it's, it's pretty quick and easy. And then I I don't do it myself, but some people I've seen do like the cupping techniques that also seem to provide the blood flow and then the release of the the tissue in that regard too. Yeah. Awesome. Love Mm -hmm. it. Cool. Yeah, I think that's good. I like that. I was just trying to think of anything else, I guess you want to share on for the runners that listen as far as any tips you have for in general, just being a runner and running, keeping free of injuries as much as you can just being a smart runner. Right. I think the main thing and one thing I struggle with and and you've, you've heard me say this is getting in my strength training. Yeah, Yeah, making sure that I prioritize that. Yeah, because it really does help your body be able to adjust to the mileage and the repetitive pounding that we put on our bodies when we run. Yeah. So prioritize that. Try not to skip that day just because it's not the mileage that's going to prepare you for your next race. Yeah. It it really is the foundational piece. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, check in with my runners and make sure that they're, they're doing their strength training and they can see a difference there. One lady I've been working with, she didn't do any, and then she's been doing it intermittently but she but doesn't still- complain about pain to me anymore. Yeah. And it's just really nice to see that she's not saying, Oh my God, my hip hurts or my shin hurts. Like I remember the first diagram she sent me of her body with this hurt today, this hurt today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she hasn't sent me that in months. <laughs> and awesome. it, it makes me so happy because even though she hasn't directly said I'm not in pain, she hasn't shared that with me like she used to. So yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. No. I would make sure you do strength fitting. Yes. Yes. And now, and I mean, you already shared too, like you struggle with your strength sometimes, right? As far as like getting it in, finding the time, you're obviously yeah. very busy. You still work for someone else and have your own business. Like, and you're not working full time, which is nice, but I mean, you still got a busy schedule. <laughs> um, so I know, you, you know, Amber, sometimes with her strength, it's not, and it's not your favorite thing necessarily, or do you like doing it or it's just a time thing? <laughs> now that I have more time since I've transitioned yeah. and I, I joined my gym again, it's, it's a nice, I, I oh, loved like going it. to the gym before. It was yeah. just like, 
pandemic at home. <laughs> How am I going to get this? And yeah. Um, Cause I was working, God, I was working a lot of hours and then yeah. doing other stuff. So, but now that I, I enjoy it, it's, it's, it's something I do enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Again. Awesome. Any tips for anyone struggling to get their strength in to how, how to get it in? <laughs> yes. I'm going to use some of your words because perfect, they're, perfect. they're great. I, I can't not give you credit for them, <laughs> but basically start small. Even if you're only doing 10 to 15 minutes, do 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. It, it adds up. So just because you can't go get in a 45 minute, two hour, whatever strength workout, do something. Yeah. And that still is beneficial. And if you're not sure what to do, reach out to someone so that they can put together a program for you. Yeah. Cause part of it, which I feel like not everyone always gives, you know, credit to is like, you know, either to ourselves or to our own uh, patients and clients is like, it's a habit. It's all habit based, you know, like yeah. think of any habit you're trying to uh, create in your life and can't, you know, I try to think about my athletes because overall, like exercise is not a habit I need help with doing. It's just literally never been for me. Um, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but <laughs> I'm working on like this week, not like being okay with, I have other priorities and if it doesn't get in, that's okay. But it's usually like I get my exercise in. Right. But there's yeah. other things I struggle with. So when someone's like struggling with, you know, getting strengthened and like, this is a new habit in their life. Right. And like, even for PTs listening, I always have to think about this, like, let's not overwhelm our patients with a million exercises. Like they're going from like no exercises to like, Hey, let's do all this. And Oh my gosh, my patient's not doing their exercises, but like, okay, but let's be a little more realistic. This is a new habit, new routine, and they're injured. So it's like, let's, yeah. some people are going to rock and be fine. Like they're good at ha- new habit, you know, base, but you know, I'm kind of going on a tangent from that, but I think it's all relative. No, it's <laughs> um, true. And, and you've got to figure out if you're working with a client, why aren't you getting it in? What can we do to make it yes. happen? Yes. So it, it really can be individualized like that. Yeah. And like, truly, this is part of our, you know, like, and I feel like probably most people listening to this, honestly, you're a little bit more growth based, you're doing things differently. Obviously, you're not, you're probably not wanting to like, just be an outpatient clinic, whatever. So you're probably a little more attuned to the fact that, hey, it is actually kind of our responsibility to help get our patients do their exercises, not just the typical therapist answer, like, oh, my patients suck, they're not doing their exercises, right? Like, and same thing goes for the, the runners that are, you know, like, yes, to it, it totally is. But also our job, if we can help with, you know, helping to build that habit and help in knowing that not everyone's going to respond the same way or just, yeah, exactly. So same thing with strength training, like she said. So if it's starting with one 20 minute workout a week or, you know, find what works for you as well, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's at home, you, you have to go with someone else. You're going to, you really like the gym, whatever it is. And then that way, you know, if you're trying to go all in three times a week, 45 minutes and you fail at that from the get-go then you're just going to be disappointed and not probably get there versus you start with like one 15 minute workout and then you're like cool I did what I said I was going to do yes and then I can build from there yeah short and long-term goals are yes. great ways to help and then make sure you try to find something that's running specific too because yeah. a lot of times we miss certain muscle groups when we're not um, aware of certain things yes yes nope I love it what would be some running specific muscle groups to make sure to be hitting that might not be in a typical run or strength program. Yeah. A lot of times it's the sides of the hips, those glute needs that are missed a lot. Yep. Um, whether it's stepping sideways with a band or doing some single leg balance stuff, those things can start incorporating those muscle groups. Um, yep. and even the hamstrings and quads sometimes in certain manners just get missed in a good way. Right. And just like a regular, yeah. Love yeah. it. And then calf foot strength, that kind of thing. I mean, you mm-hmm. feel like a lot of times that's not hit like much at all either. So exactly. 
No, it's just, they do all these single movements and <laughs> that's not, you need to be able to train in different planes of motion too. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. There's been a lot of, a lot of good info. Um, let's move into a little, I know we've shared a little bit, but for the clinicians that listen too, let's, mm-hmm. and I just like knowing everyone's story, let's move into your business story a little bit, which you shared okay. at the beginning a little bit, kind of a little bit about your why or a little bit about what motivated you to get started. I don't think we fully went into this, but what was like more of your reason to start your own why? clinic versus, you know, you're working at a good clinic and all that stuff. Like, of course, I think you did mention you wanted to work with more runners clearly mm-hmm. like um but any other reasons yes so i think the main reason was one day i i work in an outpatient clinic that had four pts and two front desk receptionists and so one day things were just changing like all the rules you know you can't do this you can't do that you can't use these techniques you have to make sure you do this etc so the yep. rules just kind of kept getting which we're, the company is definitely ethical and they want to practice ethically, which is, mm-hmm. I understand completely, yep. but I wanted to be able to treat my patients and give them what they need without having to play by all the, the red tape yep. for, insur- for <laughs> yep. insurance companies. Perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's when my friend, he was randomly, he just, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, wow, everything happens weirdly for a reason. Sometimes yeah. randomly starts texting me and I'm like, Oh my God. And so I've been, and then he planted that seed of why don't you just open your own cash pay practice? Yeah. Yeah. Start listening to Jared Carter podcasts. Yep. And so I did. And (laughs) this is what I need. This is what I need to be able to get my passion back for PT. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I managed, I mentored, I was faculty for the residency. I have students, you know, I did a lot and I love teaching, but I needed to step back and I needed to focus on my practice and something that made me super happy. And that's where it kind of started. I want to be able to treat my patients without limitations. Yeah. Much. And I think that's the case for a lot of therapists and as more of us do, I don't know. I'm like curious. Like, what is it going to look like in 10 years? I don't know. Who knows? But um, no. more of us do it and more, you know hopefully runners you know see not even see the reason you guys don't have to see the reason but I think can help to like you know see why going to someone that's cash-based concierge whatever may be a better option it's not always I'm not saying can like obviously like there's great running clinicians that work with insurance out there too Um, Mm -hmm. but just knowing what caps are on us as therapists and how we can provide a little bit better treatment and experience overall so exactly and then also you know, depending on what type of setting you go to, some are able to practice one-on-one with their patients. Others, you have two, three, four, or you're seeing a PTA or a tech that may not have, you know, some are are great, don't get me wrong, but some of them don't have as much experience and and knowledge base. And so you're going to have a different level of care, not seeing the same clinician maybe as well, uh, which I mean, even for us as clinicians, when we see new patients, sometimes we're like, okay, let me make sure I got what's going on first. Yeah. Um, but if you see someone like cash pay concierge, we know you like yeah. my, my clients always get a call before I even see them. So I pretty much have their whole, as we call subjective before I even see them so that we can get started right away. Yeah. I love it. And then let's go into like a little bit of the progression of your practice, especially for the clinicians listening, just to see the journey of different people. Like you started, as you said, March, 2020, Woo. Um, and then take us through like the next few months. Like, well, how did your practice go? Like what, what happened then? (laughs) So I kind of put it on hold. So I still working full-time in outpatient and trying to figure out everything that was changing in outpatient. I pretty much said, okay, perform a PT. We're just going to put you on hold for a little bit. till we figure out a safety 
like how can I safely go to people's homes right, or meet right, them? Right. And then are people going to be comfortable with that too? Just trying to figure out the what and the how uh, with the new pandemic stuff that we were living with. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so I put it on hold for a couple months. Uh, I probably saw one to two patients during that time. Um, and then in July, I was like, okay, I really need to start getting my social media presence. Thanks to one of my students. She said, hey, you need to get on Instagram. I was like, okay, I haven't been on Instagram in years, but okay. <laughs> so I got on Instagram and had no idea really what I was doing, but I started that presence yep. and it was still slow, but I was like, okay, I need to figure out something. I need to work on this business piece. Yep. And so that's when I took a class with Andrew for IG yep. lead generator and I still wanted a little bit of assistance. So that's mm-hmm. when randomly a Facebook live found you <laughs> being interviewed by Javi and yeah. it, was, it spoke to me. I was like, this chick is doing what I want to do and she can help me do that. And yeah. so we've been talking as friends and clinicians <laughs> ever since. So it was being willing to seek out help for things that I didn't know what to do. A lot of things you can find resources and read and so forth um, for starting your practice, for getting your PLLC or your LLC started. Like those things are, you know, you can find great resources, but I feel like for me, I needed help in in like a little more in depth on the marketing piece, the Mm -hmm. sales piece, the really having my presence out there on social media yeah, and also developing my niche and how to promote that. So I did seek help and it really has taught me so many things that have helped grow my practice. Yep. No, I love that. You've been awesome to work with, as you know, so easy and does the work and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hence why you're no longer needing to work full time and going to move towards more than eventually be all on your own, but. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much, first of all, for listening to today's episode and just want to come in here really quick to chat with you guys all. We'll see if it's really quick, but just want to talk to you all about Beyond Rehab for Running Clinicians. This is going to be for any of my clinicians listening to this episode. Beyond Rehab for Running Clinicians Team 4 is officially open and I wanted to make sure to let you guys all know. So if you are a clinician who works with runners or want to work with runners, this is going to be for you. So this is for all the physical therapists, the dietitians, personal trainers that follow me. If this is you and you work with runners or want to work with runners, you'll want to listen to this. So this is for anyone looking to learn how to write running programs and also for anyone looking to start their online business working with runners and you need to know where to go to get started and how to get those first clients because we all know you can know how to start it but if you don't get clients not really worth anything if we're not helping anything but this is going to give you everything you need to know to get started with the programming the actual programming putting it out online how do we do that as well as knowing how to write programs if that's something you need to know you need to know the physiology behind it and how to actually put it all together that it makes sense for programming you know anywhere from a 5k all way up to a marathon. And then we're going to go over the marketing and sales you need to get your first clients. Now, if you're listening to some of these episodes, you are going to hear that a couple of these clients in these episodes are getting up to eight clients after the end of four months of working with here. So to give you perspective on what can be done in four months, you're sitting there right now, both those clients had no clients at the beginning of this. They weren't helping anyone and now have eight clients. So just to give you an idea of what is possible, I hope you're enjoying these episodes that are kind of giving you an idea of what's possible. But If you are interested in having a spot in team four, please reach out to me at Kristen underscore run your life. I am at Instagram or Kristen Schultz, my personal Facebook page. Those are the best places to reach me. 
if for whatever reason you don't have either. No, if you're listening to this, I don't assume you have one of those. So reach out to me there to apply and see if it is appropriate for you. We would love to have you. Um, now, if I'm getting questions on when does this end, it's an ongoing enrollment. As of right now, there will be a deadline as it fills up and I will let you know when that is. If you are ready to go and get started, don't hold back, reach out. Let me know if you're interested. All right, we'll get back to today's show. And I guess I should say really quick, I know this is probably a more of a clinician episode if you're listening to this, but if you are a runner or you're a clinician that already works for runners, I do have both spots open for my run coaching, my personal run coaching, not just coaching other clinicians right now. So if you're a runner wanting to reach some goals, that is still open. And if you are a clinician who already works with runner and is needing some ongoing coaching on how to find more clients, I also have opportunities for you. Didn't want to leave you guys out because that tends to be everyone that listens to this podcast. But with that said, let's get back to the show. Enjoy the rest of today's episode. Anyways, what has been like some things that are been unexpected as a business owner? Like you thought like, you know, you're like, oh yeah, like this will be super easy to find patients or whatever it might be. That's like totally different than what you expected with um, yeah. learning and practice. I mean, finding patients. I thought, <laughs> man, you know, people see what I can offer. They're going to be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but no, they don't care. Like yeah. you have to, you, you have to put stuff out there that they're going to be interested in. You've got to build yeah. that relationship. You've got to spend the time cultivating those relationships and showing your brand and what you offer yeah. and how it's different. And that's, what's going to really sell. Um, and people are just naturally the people that want that type of care are, are going to find you. And then they're going to be like, yeah, that's what I want. And so right. we tend to mesh pretty well. Yeah. So making sure that who you are and your brand is out there so that people looking for that can find it. But I yeah. think the unexpected thing was people told me, oh, it's so hard to find patients with a cash pay practice. I'm like, <laughs> no, I got this. Y'all, <laughs> y'all there's my Texas swing. And um, <laughs> no, it was hard. So um, built, and of course, during COVID, getting out there to gyms and doctors, which wasn't possible. Right, right. I had to transition to social media and I had no idea how to do that well at that point. Yeah, yeah. But still, community outreach is huge. Yeah, I think um, like it's just such a misconception. And like, even as you keep going out in business, like as I do too, it's just like, you always think like, I mean, honestly, like, do you think a lot of things were going to be a little easier than they are, you know, but that's also why there's like, everyone doesn't do it. Right. Like, it's just, it is true. Like it is, you have to be willing to learn new skills that don't feel comfortable and like you've never done before and have like, you feel like almost like nothing to do with you, you know, physical therapy, but it also just makes you respect. I think any old jobs you used to have so much more, I feel like, because you're like, Oh, I understand now why we don't, I mean, not that I necessarily agree with it, but like at all, but like, I understand why we don't necessarily, if you work with coworkers too, they're just like, oh, we don't get paid what we're worth, da, da, da. not that I don't think we are worth more, but you understand like from a business standpoint, you're like, oh, like I am just showing up and treating patients. I didn't do anything to help them find these clients. Granted, once you're in a place, I'm sure you're out in the community and you get referrals. That's a whole nother thing. But like, you just respect a little bit more, like the whole business side of, I think yeah. any, whether you agree with your practice like you love you practice or like totally disagreed with anything like doesn't matter I think you have a lot more respect for it yeah especially when it's your own and you're like this is my baby I want to grow this, this yeah is, I'm so vested in this now right it, it makes a difference yeah anything else that was different um once you got into your own practice than you thought 
I think the most interesting thing I've, and I've changed it late recently, just a couple of weeks ago was that I needed to have some EMR or um, medical records that was yep. electronic and, and fancy. And so I paid a lot of money for it for months and um, they did give us a break during COVID, uh, but thank you. But <laughs> I recently transitioned to just using a Google workspace. And so I can keep it HIPAA compliant. Perfect. And I can write my notes as I'd like, and I still can do it for a lot of less money. <laughs> and it's, it's been nice to have less of an overhead, even though mobile pre-T is, is very low on the overhead spectrum, yes. but still yes. to be able to make that profit and to, you know, eventually be able to pay myself consistently, yeah. well, I can, I can see that change in my budget. So it doesn't have to be fancy documentation. I, I remember laughing at a podcast where they said, yeah, I just did pen and paper. I was like, eh, mine's going to be pretty, but it doesn't have to be pretty. Yeah. Just yeah. make sure it is what you did. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that was something interesting that I recently changed and I feel really good. Kind of one of those hindsight 2020 things. Yeah. What were you using? What did you say you were using? A web PT. Okay. Okay. I've yeah. had experience with it. Yeah. Great program, great people. Yeah. But for me in a single practice where I only, my goal is technically two patients a day. Yes. It just yeah. wasn't necessarily financially the best option. Right. Right. So make sure you're able to change and you don't have to stick with the same thing you're doing. Yeah. It's actually better to change and see if it's going to be a better outcome than what you yeah. expected. Yeah. No, I think that's good. That's helpful for sure. Um, Awesome. And where are you at now with your practice? Like, where do you want to take it? What, um, yeah, what, where are you at now in general? Yes. Yeah, so I currently have seven run clients and really? that includes, yeah, one online wellness client as well. Awesome. Um, so that's been fun. I hope to grow that to 10. Yeah. That's my, my goal. And yeah. then uh, right now I probably am averaging about two patients a week, but my in-game goal is to get to two visits per day. Yep. And that will help me. I'll just be going, oh, that'll be great. I mean, I will yeah. be able to pay my bills. I will pay myself and, you know, I'll be having fun with those clients and be able to spend really good time with them. Yeah. And you just recently went down to like less time with your, you work full time, right? <laughs> so, Four weeks ago. Yeah. So you've been a month and you're in having, a, not even that much. She was sharing. She's like, oh, I'm like 32. I'm like, okay, well, you got, you got a little bit more time though. That is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I mean, just working less hours and not managing, I have so much less stress so much, and yes. much more mental capacity to do what I'm doing when I get home. Yes, yes. So it's, no. it's amazing. I love it. Um, yeah. Cool. And did you always think you wanted to do like some online like run coaching with it or were you originally just like in, in person? Yes. Initially, it was all just in person. Yeah. And then speaking to you, I remember on our discovery call talking about run coaching yeah, I, I like I like running. And I, <laughs> I, I like injury prevention and you know teaching people. So no. um, that became a part of my package for for my business, and it's been great. I've been working with a lot of clients, and I've learned stuff myself. So it's been a way to help my business transition, if you will, during a pandemic. Yeah, and we can't be face to face. Yeah, and I'll keep it going forever. Yeah, so it's been it's been Just great. Gives you. Gives you another avenue. I think any, you know, mobile PT doesn't benefit to have some sort of wellness program, regardless, like even if you're not mm -hmm. special, specializing in runners, you know, you're 
working with um, your, you have some wellness service, you know, so like, so we can really be providing the, the best to our patients. Like it doesn't, you just stop at discharge. I have my quotation yes. marks up with discharge because it doesn't need to be necessarily discharge, right? <laughs> right. It's not, we're not done. You can never, you can't contact me again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can have other avenues if they choose. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Awesome. Cool. I'm trying to think what else from any, any, what advice would you have for anyone thinking about starting their own practice and or online practice can kind of be like a hybrid. What advice do you have for someone um, that is maybe in your position that you were in, in like March, 2020, besides the fact that the pandemic stuff, but just, you know, so if you're considering, yeah, if you're considering starting one, I would talk to someone that's done it. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know anyone, I mean, Jared Carter has great resources. I can't remember who you, who you, um, did for your business stuff, but, um, you know, just find some stuff that talks about it and what's involved and how it works and see if that's what you can do. And if it still fits your desire, once you start the business, it's not all sunshine and dandelions. You have to be willing to work and you have to be willing to learn new skills that you most likely didn't learn in most PT schools. Yeah. So, um, just reach out, talk to someone, have a conversation and then just step back and see if that's really something that you can do. And if like me, you're like, I'm really excited about the prospect of doing this Mm -hmm. and pursue it further, reach out for help if you need it, or, you know, look for those resources that tell you how to start your business and how to market. There's books of course, but depending on how your learning style is, reach out to other people who have, who are coaches or have done this before. Yep. Yep. Nope. I love that. I think it's like, I always try to you know, remind myself with any decision in life too. Right. It's just like, okay, who's been there before? Who can I reach out to? Like, mm-hmm. and honestly also goes with that, like not taking advice from people who haven't been there too, you know, like, yeah, you're gonna they have, know? like yeah, you're gonna have family members that, you know, I'm not saying nothing's going to be helpful, but really a lot of times in anything you're trying to, anywhere you're trying to go in life in general, like number of people that have actually been where you're trying to go or have the same like value yeah. set or whatever, or understand your situation is very minimal, really. So like the number of people you should be honestly taking advice from kind of should be easier, I guess, to find them. Like, in <laughs> yeah, that's sense. Not, yeah. Not that many people. So right. um, yeah, just a reminder there too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the cash pay practice is growing. Don't get me wrong. I feel like PT is transitioning people who are willing to take that risk and step. Yeah. transitioning to that when they really prize quality care that yeah the transition is going that route right um, so there's going to be more people out there that have done it and are looking to do it just make sure you you talk to someone would be my advice yeah yep no awesome love that awesome I think I think that's about it that I had for you I'm trying to think of anything else you would like to share on like the clinician side of things um I'm trying to think yeah, I think one thing I wanted to mention was just like uh, the wellness program that I'm going to be oh, coming yeah. out with soon. Yep. So it's not finalized yet, but it's for those runners. It's it's mostly in person. I do have an online option that I'm developing, yep. but it's for those people that, hey, I'm not really hurting, but I want to make sure I keep as best I can from being injured yep. or, hey, I have this race and I want to work out some of the tightness or some of the soreness from the race. How, you know, whether that's soft tissue or dry needling, whatever it may be. So I'm working on developing a wellness program. So, or wellness and recovery program. So that runners have that opportunity from someone skilled other than just like a massage therapist or something like that. But not to say they're not great because I love my massage therapist, but (laughs) just a different science background for your recovery and for sustaining your wellness as best you can. 
Yep. No, I love that. And then what, like, I mean, also from like a standpoint of for clinicians listening, like, but what does that look like? You know, so any clinician like listening could be like, oh, this is how we could design like a wellness program. And granted, I know you're like just starting this a little bit more, but how are you designing yours? Yeah, I think my initial first draft, if you will, it's just that yeah. I'm gonna pilot is going to be, it's going to be one-on-one and it's going to be either 30 or 30 minutes or an hour sessions that would involve like an assessment and then an yep. intervention that would be necessary for them. So if it's, hey, let me look at your squat. Let me look at your run. Oh, I see you're lacking hip extension. Or yep. I see that your um, your dorsiflexion is not adequate enough during the stance. So here's what we're going to do. And if it's after a race, then it's like, okay, let's see where you're aching. Let's see what your body's feeling like after you just did your half or full or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then address those problem areas. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, when I did cash base, I had like, um, like mobility sessions per se, too, that I, I did, that was a little bit, I mean, that's a little different. I mean, did wellness too, but this is like, um, you know, so like a pre-race or a post-race, like, yeah. you know, of course, I'm going to like name it for something that runners are going to like, it doesn't have to be like, they're going to latch on Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, honestly, like runners are all about like, they want that massage, even if that's not what we're going to do, right? Like, I want the massage, I want to get a stretch, even if we're going to do a little bit more of that, right? Yes. <laughs> something wrong with like I don't know using what like yeah anyways I don't know where I'm going with that but like what they might like well, the lingo actually, that, yeah yeah the lingo they're going to get to actually get them what they need right <laughs> what they want for yeah. what they need exactly no so I think that's awesome that you're doing that so of course anyone in the Houston area listening any runners in the Houston area I mean Houston's huge so hopefully some Houston runners are listening <laughs> need you know you you fit what Amber was just talking about reach out her stuff will be in yeah. the podcast notes Um, and then of course, Amber, I like a lot of the people I'm bringing on also works online, um, Mm -hmm. as well. Yes. I do televisits and have, um, online brand coaching stuff too. Yep. Definitely. Mm -hmm. No. Awesome. Um, I thought I had one thing to say really quick. Oh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but (laughs) you know, that's for the clinicians again, but what are you, have you thought much about like how you're going to market the wellness services from a standpoint for the for people to you know buy into it per se yes so I have a couple options in that of course I'll put it on on social media and then what I found is when I'm doing community events they always ask for something such as a door prize or a a donation so that they can raise money for an association or whatnot and so before I've been giving run run coaching like three month run coaching or, or half off run coaching as part of my donations. Yep. But I think once I have everything, you know, T's crossed, I's dotted a little bit more, I'll be able to use that as kind of my promotion. And, or I have two options now I can do run coaching or the wellness recovery package, if you will. So it'll allow it to get out there in front of more people when they're going to those events. And yep. so, and of course, putting it on my website and, um, Typically, kind of like we did with run coaching, I'll typically have some sort of offer on social media that says, hey, here's what we're looking for. Do you fit that? And yeah. discounted rates to get it, get it started. For the first time. Mm-hmm. Do you have a name for the program yet? Nope. No? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> or just... But like I said, I'm putting you on the spot. So, hey, those are some <laughs> things you can think about. Like, yeah, you know, if anybody has a cool name idea, let me know. Yeah, again, like, and this is just like advice for clinicians out there. Uh, injury prevention does not sell. Like, so even though that's like what Amber is going to be selling per se, like it's going to be a lot better for her to use terms that runners actually want. You know, yeah. you want to, 
you know, PR in your next marathon, you want to be able to run without aches and pains. Um, you, um, you know, if you're maybe your avatar, you, you know, you're the people you work with are beginner runners. And one of the things that you don't know what to do in the gym or you're right. scared of what other people think when you're in the gym or whatever that might be, um, you know, like addressing those, you know, parts that you can help them with. They care a lot more about that than being like injury free or sorry, that might be okay. You like <laughs> more so around like injury prevention. Cool. Yeah. Like some people might be like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But like generally injury prevention does not sell as physical therapy does not sell as well. So I hope you are not just selling nope. physical therapy. <laughs> nope. It don't work. So make sure you're selling what they're looking for, what their goal is. And yeah. What they want to get out of it. Yep. Other than, Hey, great physical therapists and run coach. That yes. Mm. Selling the results, right? Yeah. That, that, yeah. Results yeah. are good. <laughs> selling what result you're going to get them, not just the details of what you're going to provide. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else? Oh, let's, uh, we'll finish up and then I'll let my, uh, everyone know where they can find you, but still going to keep with this going forward. What is your breaking five moment in running? And if you can't think of something we can do business with, let's do running. What would you say is your breaking five moment in running? So basically a big goal you've had, or maybe it's a goal you're still trying to meet, um, in your, in your running career. So I think the most recent goal was running the five K um, that was in January, the five K in like 23. Oh, I can't remember the seconds, but that was really good. for 43, me. I think, or I don't know. I'll look too. the five K. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but um, that was awesome. Cause I'm, I'm older now. <laughs> and so I felt really good with that speed, but my next goal that I really want to accomplish is um, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about this of course since you're my run coach, but working up to a negative, you know, under 21, 5k, I really, I want to accomplish that and it's not going to happen tomorrow by any means, but that's something I want to work, work to. And maybe one more marathon. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. You've been under 21 in college. I did. So my average mile was 620. Uh, math. That's been a while. Yes. Pallet's definitely under, but yeah, it's like mm-hmm. just under, under 20. It's like just under 20 probably. Yeah. I was fast ish. Yeah, yeah. I, that doesn't even compute anymore. But close to 20. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. any run coaches listening, if you're be- your, your mind is more quicker to that, but yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I have to put it in most of the time. Numbers are not my thing. So <laughs> I would just do like six twenty times three and that's 19. And then <laughs> about 45 seconds to a minute for that last um, I'm terrible at remembering times. I'm terrible. You can ask my clients. I'm terrible. It. <laughs> it's all good. It's just a thing. That's why I write it down on all of theirs because I won't remember. <laughs> yeah. No, I have to check too. I don't remember. That's why I'm not like, oh, your time is this. Yeah. I used to I'm, remember my times. Like I, I used to know all my PRs, all that stuff. But no, not any. I don't know. I don't, I don't. remember them anymore. <laughs> I just know that one was mine, and because there, that had not been reached in a long time. So good training <laughs> like makes for great outcomes. So yes. it makes a yes. huge difference. So anyone else who's, you know, working full-time, having a business, you can still have big goals in your running career too. And excited to track you guys all who have come on the podcast in all your endeavors of um, being a runner yourself, uh, but also being a business owner and you can accomplish it all. You can do it. You can. I love it. Yeah. So my website is performativephysicaltherapy.com, performative PT on Instagram, I have performative therapy, physical therapy on Facebook, but just search for Amber Lowe because that's where I put a lot of my stuff too. Perfect. And that will be in the show notes. 
I didn't even have to ask you. She gave it all to you guys. I don't think we got anything else. Um, but Amber, thank you so much for coming on. Thank this you. was awesome. That's really, this is a lot of good info in here for both the clinicians and the runners. And um, just anything else you want to say before we end this episode? No, thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited for your new endeavor as well. Yeah, me too. Thanks for all the support. Of course. <laughs> we're, we're trying to up the number of states. And I guess I'm not technically in the state right now that this podcast is recorded from. So we're going to see right. how, many, how many it can what, be. What number are we on? Would you say? Uh, you on the spot. Sorry. Florida, Wisconsin, DC. I guess that's it. <laughs> Okay. That's, hey, that's more than me. Got Texas. <laughs> have I have I been elsewhere? I'm trying to think. I think that's all I've recorded from. We're gonna hey. we're gonna take an international someday. So, ooh, you should. It'll be international at some point. <laughs> awesome. Do it, lady. That's but awesome. awesome. Well, Amber, Thank I'm you. super thankful for you. Thank you for all your support. Thanks for coming on. Obviously, we'll be in touch. But until next time, for anyone listening. Um, we will catch you on the next episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. Some updates coming on that as well. And until then, I want you guys to go run your life, um, run your business, and run your running. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on, Amber. We'll catch Bye. you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a breaking five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally breaking five, just a breaking five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.